0: Hi everyone! It's raining over here in Lagos, Nigeria today. My name is Okwe Uduale, and welcome to Bible Study. Yay! It's another time to get into the Word and know more about what God says about what it takes to get to hit the throne, you know, as His child, right? So um, we've been doing a study for the past few months, um, and um, today is the final feature or the final character that was mentioned in our scripture so for the past few months we've been studying first samuel 16 18 and looking at the characters that get you to the throne now brief recap be very brief recap so um clearly technical skills get you into the palace the fact that you are technically good at whatever you put your hand on to do will definitely get you noticed but does it get you to the throne the answer as everybody knows is a very big no now there are many books out there that talk about things like executive presence and you know how to put yourself forward and how to handle things but there is um God's strategy on what it takes to get to the throne and we've been studying that and we've seen of course the very first thing god mentioned was somebody that had technical skills and then a mighty man of valor somebody that had capacity that had network that was resourceful that was brave you know able to get things done and then because you're a believer a man of war, somebody that understands that things are spiritual, that you, sometimes, that you take territory in the realm of the spirit before you do in the realm of the physical and knows how to do warfare. Then we went on to prudent in speech, which we saw was emotional intelligence, how to handle people, how to relate to people, how people talk to you, how they relate to how they feel around you. And then the previous study before this, we studied a handsome person, you know, somebody that is pleasing to the eye, somebody that is confident, not arrogant, that understands how to be put together in terms of their dressing, that knows how to, uh, that understands the atmosphere around them and spiritually deals that. And, you know, we looked at all those qualities and now we're looking at the last And the most important quality so get your coffee get your Bible get your Google get your concordance get your Bible dictionary your normal dictionary a nice very nice journal your pen find a quiet place and let us look at that which seals the deal are you ready Let's dive right in. I'm so excited. Oh, my God. So the very last thing that was mentioned in the scripture is, and the Lord is with him. And the Lord is with him. So I thought, "Mm, why would somebody be describing someone in the palace, recommending him for a role, a very, very important role, a role that gave him access to the in a almost like an executive assistant role, you know, fulfilling certain capacities to the king, and 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 and, um, and of course they were describing somebody that had already been anointed king, so which means these qualities are also qualities that God looks for in you in increasing measure. Right, and why would the person round it off with, and the Lord is with him, so I thought to do a little study on what it means when the Lord is with you let's start from the beginning I hope you're really comfortable this is really good I assure you you're not going to regret doing this study what does it mean when you say someone or something is with you you know take a moment to just you know take that in what does it mean it means I think it means that you're always together If you say, oh, he's always with her, right? He's with her, you know, that means he's always there. So when you say the Lord is with someone, what you mean is that God is always with that person. They are always together. Mm. So that means that God is everywhere that person is, sees everything that person does, and is involved in everything that he does or he or she does. What? The question that came to me is, and we're going to address this, why would anybody always want to be with anybody? Valid question, isn't it? But before we dive into that, let's let's just do a brief summary and just look at the Bible and how people who are described with the statement, the Lord is with him or her were also described by people in terms of their lives you know they say you know what were the things that they said about that person apart from the statement the Lord is with them and I'll give you a few with scriptural references the first person is Joseph and when you think of Joseph believe me Everything Joseph did prospered Genesis chapter 39 and you can note the scriptures because I'm not going to read everything quite a bit Genesis chapter 39 3 21 and 23 so when the Lord is with somebody they enjoy prosperity. When the Lord is with somebody, they are delivered from all their troubles. That's also Joseph, at 7, 9. Joseph is the one that they said, although his enemies shot many arrows at him, he was literally unstoppable. So that means that when the Lord is with people, they prosper and they're unstoppable. Wow. The second thing that we saw was Judges chapter 2, verse 18. And this is for anybody that has been called to a role or to an office or to the throne like we are talking about here <laughs> and it says in that office that they were delivered out of the hands of all their enemies and were able to achieve their goals so for every judge that was called by god to serve as a judge in israel they were delivered out of the hands of the other all, all their enemies they made progress they delivered the people so it was the person that the lord with is with experiences what victory the third thing that we saw and this was in the life of David. It was also in the life of Samuel. Samuel operated as a prophet, right? And his word never came, fell to the ground, which means that Samuel operated at maximum output capacity in his job function. Now, David was a soldier that never lost a battle. In fact, the Bible tells us in 1 Samuel 18, verse 10 and verse 12, you can go and read it again as you do your further study, that David went in and out in front of not only the um, 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 when in and out in battle and always came back victorious to the extent that the women started saying David had ki- Saul had Saul pardon me Saul had killed his thousands but David ten of thousands and then he even interacted across the military and found favor with all his leaders, found favor with the junior soldiers, found favor with the senior generals. I mean, David said in, I think it was Psalm 144, he said, the Lord teaches me how to shoot the arrow and how to shoot the bow. He said, my bow hand is strengthened. David never lost a battle. So in his career, in his career as a soldier, David was operating at maximum result. Remember, He killed and brought 204 skins of the enemy. The guy was gangster. (laughs) Now, we'll also learn from first Samuel, I believe it is um, between 16, 17, and 18. You learn that demonic activity starts to step back from you. What does that mean? You control the atmosphere of your environment. How do we know that? The Bible says that when David played the harp for Sam, um, um, for, Sam um, um, for Saul, the Bible says the demonic spirit left Saul. Right? The demonic spirit left Saul, which means that you know um, David controlled his environment. When David stepped into an environment, the environment changed. He changed the atmosphere. When the Lord is with you, you change the atmosphere. You enter into that meeting, there's strife. When you come in with the peace of God, everything starts to calm down. I mean, you change, you control the atmosphere around you. We also learned from the life of David, you win territorial battles. The Bible says David served the Lord in his generation. And by the time he was handing over to Solomon, he had conquered the territories all around. So In your generation when the Lord is with you territorial battles are won Oh, isn't it awesome once again another thing that shows in your life when the Lord is with you and these things manifest in increasing measure as you carry more and more of the presence of God with you is that you start to lead men the Bible says of Phineas in first Chronicles chapter 9 verse 20 that they were the men at the gate and Phineas was their leader and then it gave us an insight into why he says for the Lord it says come out the Lord was with him and again first Samuel chapter 18 everywhere David met, went and even when David ran away from Saul right the men followed him and guess what David the men that followed David when he was running with the men that came to David after the cave of Adullam, were men that um were not the best You would say in society, there were men that had issues. There were men that had government issues they didn't like, you know, they were kind of rebels. But when they were introduced in the book of 2 Samuel, they were called mighty men that had accomplished great feats. So when the Lord is with you, you lead men and they become mighty men that accomplish great feats. Which means you duplicate the leadership in you, in others. When the Lord is with you, we see in the life of Joshua, you um. People resistance never succeeds against you in the long term. You win all your battles, and your fame is spread across. I mean, people just hear about you, impacts and influence start to follow you and we see that in the life of joshua in joshua chapter 1 verse 5 and joshua chapter 6 verse 27 in fact when the lord is with you impossibility becomes you the normal you achieving the impossible because you are dealing with the god that does the impossible we see that in the life of mary in luke chapter 1 verse 23 when the lord is with you you are exalted to great heights you negotiate with kings and you prosper everywhere that you go. We see the exaltation to great heights in the life of Solomon in 2 Chronicles chapter 1, verse 1. And we see the leadership comes to meet you because your success cannot be hidden. We see that in the life of Isaac in Genesis chapter 26, verse 28. And then you prosper everywhere you go. We see that in the life of Hezekiah in 2 Kings chapter 18, verse 7 so when the lord is with you you prosper you're victorious you get the maximum output in anything you do you control the atmosphere around you You win territorial battles you are a leader seen certified verified amongst men resistance never succeeds against you if and influence follow you. Doing the impossible becomes your norm. Your fame spreads through all the earth. You are exalted to great heights. You prosper everywhere you go, and kings negotiate with you. Kings, come to the shining of your rising. To Isaiah chapter 16. Looking at all of this, wouldn't you want the Lord to be with you? But then let's go back to what I asked in the beginning. What are the qualities of the people you like to hang out with? I'm going to suggest a few. You can, you know, chat me up in the comment section or send me, you know, a message just to let me know if you agree or not. You 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 you, you, you like spending time or you like hanging out with someone whose company you enjoy. Someone... Whose conversations, who, who, who you like to have conversations with. Someone who you can laugh with. Who you can discuss issues that are close to your heart with. Someone you can trust. Someone who respects your boundaries. Someone who respects you as a person. Someone who, you know, kind of, somebody who obeys when you tell them to do things. Especially if you're in a position of authority over them. So these qualities, somebody, are the qualities that we look for in the people consciously and subconsciously that we like to hang out with. But let me shock you to let you know that these are also the qualities that God looks for in the people he likes to hang out with. So just like you like somebody whose company you enjoy, God likes The people whose company he enjoys, God enjoys heartfelt praise and worship. So anybody who is constantly has a heart of gratitude, praise and worship, who spends time praising and worshiping God because God enjoys that. God enjoys that person's company. God enjoys the company of people who are concerned just like you, like the people that make you laugh and the people who Um, um, you can discuss the issues that are close to your heart with God. Likes people who discuss the issues that are close to his heart with him, who come to him and understand that things like soul winning, kingdom agenda are important to him, and therefore have discussions about how to move that forward, and are walking with him to move it forward. And God loves the Bible. Tells us in I believe it's Psalm three. He says, uh, "Why do the people rage? Three or four, and plan. I think it's three three or yeah. He says." he will sit in the heavens he laughs so god laughs so god has a good sense of humor besides we are created in the image of god genesis chapter one so if we are created in the image of god and we like humor that means god likes humor it's a part of god that he put in us right so god laughs so do 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 you enjoy the bible are you you know there's sometimes you read scripture like the book of job Sometimes. I mean, I know it's a very heavy book, but there are parts in there when God was talking to Job that I had a good laugh. Right. So the Bible is fun and funny. I mean, God has a sense of humor. Do you and God laugh together? Do you enjoy the things that God enjoys laughing about? Can God trust you with secrets? Because we like people that we can trust. Can God trust you? Can he tell you other people's stories and know that they will not hear from you? Do you respect the boundaries that are stated by God in his word? Because guess what? We like people that respect our boundaries. God likes when we respect the boundaries that he's put together too. So when you respect God's boundaries in his word, God likes you too. Do you respect God himself? Do you fear him? Because the same way you like the friend that respects you and respects what you stand for is the same way God likes people that respect him and respects what he stands for. People that fear him. The fear of the Lord is actually a healthy sense of respect for God. And do you obey the instructions that God gives to you because you love him, trust him, respect him, and honor his authority over you and this is very real because if you ever have a friend that is not your peer what i mean by that is you are senior to that person in authority one of the things that keeps that person close to you is a respect for you and the authority that you have over them while still being your friend any friend who is not you know a par with you maybe like in the office and does not respect your authority most leaders will pull away from so if you do not respect God's authority and obey his instructions because you love honor fear him then really why would God hang out with you because the same way you hang out with people Because of all those seven things I mentioned, it's the same way God hangs out with you because of those same seven things that I've mentioned. So you can evaluate yourself. I'm evaluating myself. Are you somebody that the Lord would want to be with? Are you somebody God would want to hang out with? Or are you somebody God would give a wide breath and say, "Mm mm," or would address with caution? Now, the choice or the decision, as you can see, is totally in your hands about whether, you know, God can hang with you or not. But the core question is, how do you change that narrative? Because if I told you all of these seven qualities and you're not leaving them and we don't change it, then how have we helped one another? You take it again to God in prayer. God, I want to be able to, I want you to like hanging out with me, but I'm struggling with enjoying your company. You know, if that is your Area of concern or you know I struggle with respecting your authority and I've come to you with all humility and I'm asking you to help me because I really want to hang out with you because I love you because you are amazing to me because you give the best advice because you're fun to hang out with and then see whether God our God if you're really willing will not make you his BFF for life Let us pray. Daddy, we want to thank you for everything you've taught us about the people you put on the throne. Especially about this last quality. Please, God, we do not want to miss it. We want to hang out with you. We want you to always be with us. Please help us, Lord, so that we are able to hang out with you. We do not know how to do so. We love you. Thank you for everything. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm -hmm. Whoopee! Whoop, whoop, whoop! We've come to the end of the study of what it takes for you to sit on the throne. And I'm going to be doing this study over and over and over again and consistently asking God to walk on me. And I hope you do the same thing. And as we go along the journey of life, I believe God with you that you will sit on your throne. Like God said, of like it was said of Solomon in First Kings chapter 5, verse 4, firmly established with peace on every side. As we close out this Bible study, remember, Jesus loves you very much. God bless you. So we start the next study. Adieu. Enjoy your life. Bye-bye. I'm Daniel signing out.